Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. Welcome Welcome to to the the new EDU. Another episode on this beautiful week that we have going on. That's right. Hopefully it's a beautiful week for you too. Springtime. Springtime. Pollen is almost gone (laughs) in the southeast. I don't know if y'all struggle with pollen like we do, but holy moly macaroni. It like exudes out of my skin. Holy moly macaroni. That's what I said. Holy I've moly macaroni. I've told a couple times that he's not allowed to say holy, holy cow anymore. So now he's holy changed moly. it from holy cow to holy moly macaroni. It just keeps getting better, guys. Holy moly macaroni. <laughs> That's going to be a good one. Anyways, the pollen here, here. is nuts here. And it is springtime. I even looked at a leak the other day on the porch and it literally had like, I'm not kidding you, a it's solid gross. inch of pollen. I'm not even exaggerating. I know I'm drama. I know I exaggerate, but that is a truth. And there's no statement. reason to clean it off because... It's just going to come back. That's right. Can't so, wait till it's done. We just got to live through it. Yeah. But anyways, thank you for joining us for another episode of the new EDU today. Today, we are going to continue our conversation from last week where we were talking about mindfulness mm-hmm. and mindfulness practices and how this sets and establishes a foundation for social emotional learning in the classroom. But this week, we want to talk about something interesting. It's something that... Um, We actually just had a conversation about this week in our own household, Mm -hmm. and it is the difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy and empathy. (laughs) Those two things are actually very different. um, They are. And why they both play an important role as for us as people, as humans, obviously, but also as educators who are working collaboratively with other educators to build an educational system for Mm -hmm. students. But also when we are working with our students, when we are teaching our students to work Mm -hmm. with one another, just really understanding the difference between sympathy and empathy and what role these play and how we can help build and establish skill sets within our students, but also model these behaviors, model these practices as human beings ourselves. Yeah. And it's, we, we've got to be more intentional about it. And that's, and that's why we decided to share this on this podcast, because I had a misconception of what empathy was and being able to understand what the difference is and that there are differences. And it's okay, will allow us to be able to communicate with people and to, I guess, understand where other people are coming from, but also understand ourselves better too. Yeah, we'll share just a little bit of the story that was kind of happening this week, and then we can share the rest at another time when um, we feel more comfortable. But many of you know Wade's story. You know that he Mm -hmm. um, grew up as a victim of child abuse and was removed from the home and um, was awarded the court and kind of raised himself from middle school on. Mm -hmm. And so that has been always been something that he has been open about sharing. He has shared the impact that it's had on him as a human, as an educator, but something mm-hmm. that is new for us is the impact that that 
has, those experience have had on him as a father. And so this has obviously been something to present itself more recently because we just had Maverick two years ago. The way that Wade parents and the way that I parent and how it is two very different approaches. Now, as far as our foundation of our faith and our morals and our values, obviously, you know, we see eye to eye on those things. But just the day to day, y'all know what I'm talking about. The day to day parenting, the day to day. Mm -hmm. If you let that child make one more excuse, if you lay him wide one more time, if you let him whatever it may be, those daily things, you know, it has started presenting itself in the way that he parents. Mm -hmm. So one thing that we've had to really work on through this and through communication, because we are always and forever, listen, marriage, parenting, I don't care. Nobody ever has communication down pat because every time they throw a different, a child into the system or a different situation or a different scenario or a pandemic, all of a sudden it's like you're starting from scratch with communication. That's kind of been how it has been for us in the past two years, because even I think it would be true for me to say, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that even as Maverick ages and grows, it presents itself differently for you in the way that he ages and the way that you parent him and the way that he ages. So anyways, we have had, we started having this conversation this week because Wade said, I know that you will never truly understand what it was like to grow up or to to be raised for the first few years of your mm-hmm. life in in a household with abuse. And that is a very true statement because mm-hmm. fortunately, you know, for me, I did not have to live in that same environment. I had both of my parents in the household. They are very supportive. They had high expectations. And of course we had rules and boundaries, but the way in which they chose to speak to us and punish us or love us, it, it was not, different. Um, it was completely different. It was not centered around abuse. And so this has really been something new that we've been discussing as we parent to really understand the difference between what empathy is and what sympathy is and how they both play a role in us understanding one another, which is the very same way that it would play a role with you understanding your colleagues or with you understanding the situations of your students. Because it's impossible for you to have experienced every single thing that your students have experienced. It's also impossible for you to have experienced every single thing that your colleagues have experienced. We Mm -hmm. all come from very different situations. And so what role does empathy and sympathy play in our understanding of one another and and the skill sets that we build to really be able Mm -hmm. to to speak and to talk through different scenarios and situations? Yeah. And we learned recently that they are very different things. Uh, They are similar, but they're different. And being empathetic means that, that you understand almost 100% of what someone else is going through. And you can't do that if you don't have the same similar experiences. Now, you, you'll never obviously have the same exact experience, probably more often than not. But to be em- an empathetic person, you've got to be able to have a lot of commonalities to whatever situation you're going into. Being a sympathetic person is is doing your best to understand where that person's coming from. More often than not, it's harder to be sympathetic than it is to be empathetic because mm-hmm. sympathy requires you to research, to ask questions, to try as hard as you can to, to understand what is surrounding that situation. And it's very, very challenging. I mean, when Hope was struggling with anxiety, I, I researched a lot. I, I talked to our therapist. It wasn't about me. It was about what does anxiety look like? How do I deal with this? What's the best thing I can do? What's Hope experiencing during this time? Because while Wade to has try had to depression, learn? that's very different than anxiety. And a lot of people put those in the same wheelhouse, but they're in fact completely different. Yeah, they, they, they are. There are some commonalities and that's where you can kind of have that communication. I mean, 
every human has commonalities, no matter what. That's a great starting point, but obviously not diminishing what someone else is going through because you you can't you can't know. You're, you're not empathetic. You got to be sympathetic, and you got to understand. You have to be less than during that time period to be sympathetic. You've got to listen. You got to look at the cues. You have to be able to to be there for that person. Empathy is easier to understand, but it's harder to be less than during that time period because you've experienced something. If it's trauma, if it's good, if it's what, whatever it is, you've experienced the same thing. And so you've got to kind of take your your hat off, kind of remove yourself and your experience to be able to listen to someone else's. But then once you're able to do that, you're able to have those conversations. And and I truly, 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 it was so powerful to understand the difference between sympathy and empathy because I'm like, man, if everyone knew this, like in the community, out in the real world, in the business world, out on the street, like driving car, like who who knows? Any old scenario, if people just understood this a little bit more, I think communication would, would go two ways instead of one way most often. Yeah, because I mean, it really shifted things for us when we were talking in the kitchen. You said, you know, I understand that you will never be able to be empathetic with this because I have never experienced anything close to child abuse mm -hmm. ever. And so I can't even pretend to be empathetic towards Wade because I don't and will never even have have a commonality within that, you know, I've never even been anywhere in the same ballpark. But for him to be able to say to me, you know, I know you'll never be empathetic, but what, you know, you can do is be sympathetic. Mm -hmm. But recognizing again, that when you, okay, I need to have a better understanding of this is, like you said, when I was struggling with anxiety, doing the research, doing the, stu the study, seeing how, you know, um, child abuse has affected other people and how that could be similar with your situation and seeing how that affects you with Maverick and different mm -hmm. triggers that, that he has that could affect you because of the situation that you were in. And so sympathy, you know, requires work. And I think that we get that confused a lot of times. We feel like sympathy is just feeling sorry for someone. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not about making excuses for them. Absolutely and and not. Wade, it can, in this specific situation, nah. can speak to the fact that you you wouldn't want me to make excuses for you. Nope. And it's not about looking down on you and saying, oh right. man, poor Wade. No oh, one wants he's that. been dealt such a, such a, such a difficult hand. Right. Now, is it, does it break my heart that he had to live through that as a child? Absolutely. I would never want for anyone to live through that. And so it can be- I don't be, talk about it. Like this is, in the past few months, this is probably the most I've ever talked about it, especially publicly. I mean, I'll, I'll share a little bit here and there when we go to speeches but, but I would even say it's privately privately like I don't share hardly anything like hope doesn't know me as is a is as a victim of child abuse she doesn't know me as that right and that's what we were talking about the other day in the kitchen too yeah and that's why this has become such an important piece of our present moment because we are mm -hmm. you know focusing on how we're parenting Maverick and the frustrations yep. that we have with one another and why mm -hmm. it is so difficult and this is playing a huge role and it's this huge. is what we have figured out you know even more so recently that Mavericks hit that toddler stage and y'all know how it is <laughs> Ooh, Lord oh, so have fun. mercy. We have had to really focus on this. And so for me, you know, just like Wade had to take that sympathetic side and really try to understand anxiety, I have to do the same and I have to do my research and I have to try to understand the situation and how that can affect him so that I can better understand his reactions and why maybe he's reacting in a certain way. And instead of putting my own personal bias on it or my own personal, I don't know why he's acting like this. That's so silly. He shouldn't be acting. <laughs> he shouldn't be parenting that way. He shouldn't be doing this. 
the sympathetic side of me is going to understand, oh, he's doing this because of a situation that he was in or a trigger or whatever it may be. And that's what opens up our communication and really allows us to have those good, strong conversations that are built on empathy and or sympathy. It's it's really cool, though, of of how that works, because once you you understand the difference between sympathy and empathy, you can also go back to what we're talking about, about being present and mindful in the moment. Obviously, Hope's first thought is, oh, my God, why is he doing? And I get that. Like, that's totally fine. But then she'll think about it for a second, I'm sure. And it's hard. And that's why that's why we said on the last podcast that being mindful isn't just this free flowing hippie type vibe and in theory or philosophy. It is a hardcore discipline feature that you have to implement in your life. And hope in those moments is definitely being mindful and being present of, whoa, I can't get up. Yeah, I'm upset that he's doing this right now, but I can't live in that. Why is he real? Okay, this is why he's really doing that. Okay, this is how I'm going to talk to him. Maybe I'm not going to talk to him right now. Maybe I'm not going to say anything. Maybe I'm going to say it at this moment instead. Maybe I do say something right now, and this is how I say it. But that takes work. It's discipline. It takes discipline, and that takes work. Social emotional learning, and this is why we think it has a huge place in a school system and a huge place in the framework of what a complete of educating the whole child looks like is because social emotional learning is a discipline. It is a discipline that first has to be taught. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't just sit here and just in our thinking like, oh, you know what I just thought about. Sympathy and empathy are too. No, this is something that we were taught. We were that, taught this. That Wade yeah. was taught specifically. He brought it home and he said, Hey, I know that a lot of times we're, you know, having some difficulties in our communication with parenting Maverick specifically. And we we kind of know the root cause of that and why it mm-hmm. is our two very different backgrounds. But when he was educated on this matter and he brought it home, it's like, Whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. Now I can start seeing things from your perspective and I can start practicing that sympathy because mm-hmm. I can recognize I don't have to understand nope. to be able to work together and communicate and figure out a solution. I don't have to understand and have lived your life to be able to work with you and collaborate with you and figure out the best solution, exactly. right? Yep. And I think this plays such a huge role for us because you know, we get asked a lot, we even have podcast episodes about it. I don't know how to deal with difficult colleagues. I don't know how to deal with difficult administration. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to deal with difficult caregivers. I don't know how to deal with difficult parents or students or whatever it may be. And maybe it's that you need to, when you're in those situations, if you're struggling with a specific relationship, you need to step back. You need to be mindful and say, okay, maybe I need to learn more about them. I need to learn more about their story. I need to develop that trust, right? That connection Mm -hmm. to be able to understand why our communication isn't, you know, working, why we're not able to get on the same page. And I think a lot of that is grounded in that sympathy and empathy and really developing that trust to understand the stories of our students, our colleagues, our administrators, because there is a why behind every reaction. Mm -hmm. There is a why behind every emotion, behind every feeling, right? And so while we're never going to be able to know all the stories and we're never going to be able to figure out all of the whys, it is our job as educators when we're in that classroom to try to figure out the why, to establish the trust, to understand the foundation so that we can help them navigate that, but also in our own personal relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we talk a lot about adults. We talk a lot about educators and their interaction on social media as educators Mm -hmm. or just their perception of someone. Perception, yeah. And, you know, I think this is huge is that, you know, a lot of times our perception of people, our perception of someone on the internet, our perception of someone in our building 
is very, very, and vastly different than their reality. And I think that we have to remember that, is that, you know, very same same thing in yeah. this situation. Yeah. My perception of what Wade is doing when Maverick is fussy or he cries or he wants something or he whines, right, is my perception is he just doesn't want to deal with it. He just why doesn't he just why doesn't he want to discipline him? Oh, he just doesn't want to be the mean parent. Oh, he doesn't want to be the mean parent that oh but that is very different than the reality that Wade is facing mm-hmm. because of his past mm-hmm. of of being a, mm-hmm. a victim of child abuse. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we have to start taking into account and recognizing and checking ourselves. And this is where mindfulness comes into play, it right? It does. I mean, it's about developing that awareness and stepping back when we're looking at certain people that we're inter- interacting with or before we speak about something or before we come down on someone, whether it be on social media or whatever it may be. And I'm all about having dialogue and conversation. But I think that we truly all have to step back and say, hold on a second. Let me check my perception and see if it matches their reality. And if you don't know their reality, then maybe you shouldn't be speaking at all because you don't truly know what their story is. You don't truly know what is happening on the inside of them internally and emotionally that they might be dealing with and how your words could have the power to really take that even deeper or to try to help them out of that. And so, you know, I think that we talk all all the time, we call it a highlight reel a lot of times, right? Is that, oh, what you see on Instagram, what you see from me specifically on Instagram and the things that I post, right? Most of the time, and I I try to share real things on stories and, you know, I mean, I try to be, you know, share as much of my life as I feel comfortable with, but a lot of people will say, you know, how do you have it all together? How is your life always so perfect? Oh my gosh, you and Wade are marriage goals. Y'all are parent goals. And I'm like, listen, there ain't no goals in this house. This is literally, we're trying to survive and be the best humans Mm -hmm. that we can be. But also recognizing that a lot of people don't realize the tough conversations that we have, the struggles that we face. We talk often about going to therapy because there Mm -hmm. are a lot of things behind the scenes that, of course, we're not going to post on social media right now. Maybe we will in the future. It's none of your business. But it's none of people's business. (laughs) Just like your business, you know, things that you're going through might not be my business. And I think that is such an important thing to recognize is that not not everything has to be our business for us to be sympathetic and empathetic humans. And that is true. And if we knew that it would help people and we felt comfortable and knowledgeable enough to share things. We don't care. We're, we're, we're pretty open over here. And I think most people are that way, but I, I love how you said that. I mean, it, you, you have to be, be willing to be able to have those tough conversations mm-hmm. while being sympathetic, while being empathetic. But that means you have to be authentic and honest in who you are too. That doesn't mean that, that you're going to be a pushover. That's not what we're saying here. That's not saying that whatever someone goes through, that's an excuse for them to do wrong or for them to mistreat you, mistreat or, you or other people you, or take or, advantage or whatever it is. But at least you, you you know how to have that conversation in a in a loving way. I mean, sympathy and empathy allow for 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 love to happen. And I mean, we talked about it on a podcast with Pastor Brad Cooper. We just got to love people, right? And so, and if if we're truly really wanting to love people and speak to people with love, we have to be empathetic, we have to be sympathetic, and we have to be different. Because if we want to be, if if we want to make a change, we've got to be different than than what the world is telling us to do. And the world is telling us, do the easiest, quickest thing possible, 
to make yourself happy and to make yourself feel good. And so I think that several things really lead to us being showing up as sympathetic, empathetic humans. And I think that's first and foremost that we are able to show up as our authentic self. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the reason that we cannot get to a place of sympathy or empathy is because we can't even get past ourselves, right? right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to hide behind a perfect life or we're trying to hide behind, oh my gosh, okay, I want for everybody to think this about me and not this about me. And Mm -hmm. so how do I need to show up to be that person? I think that sets us up for failure immediately. And because we're so consumed with hiding behind a certain idea of ourself that we can't even begin to understand other people. And so I think that really showing up and being learning to be sympathetic and empathetic towards others is showing up authentically Mm -hmm. and recognizing that, hey, I have my own struggles. I have my own downfalls. I am by no means a perfect person. This is by no means a perfect marriage. We are by no means perfect parents or perfect educators. Mm -hmm. We're literally just trying to be better, do better, Mm -hmm. know better better, learn more every single day. And are we going to fall short? Absolutely. Do do we want to live up to the perfect perception that everybody has of us? Heck no. I give a care less. I don't have to live up to anybody's right. perception of me. Mm-hmm. I've got to work to please my own self first and then be the best person that I can be for my family. So I think showing up authentically is key and really setting aside this idea of perfectionism because then if that's what you have of yourself, you start to expect that of others, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not realistic. And so then I think the second component, once we show up authentically, authentically is we have to really work to develop that sense of trust with other people, right? Because that's what you would have never shared, everything that you've shared with me. I could have never mm-hmm. been a parent with you or been a spouse to you right. if we didn't have that level of trust. Mm-hmm. And so that takes time. And I think that recognizing, like we said, sometimes it's just none of your business and you don't need everything to be your business no. to be able to be sympathetic or empathetic yeah. towards someone. And recognizing that trust really takes time. And that's okay. Trust takes time with our students. Um, what is it that you always say that a name will only give you time? Yeah, a, a title only only gives you time to build relationships with students. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can't just show up and expect the kids to want to learn from you just because you have a Mister or a Miss in front of your name. And that was that was taught to me by uh, James Hogue. Uh, he went through the Call Me Mister program, uh, became an educator, and he he learned at a very young age that, hey, just because my name is Mr. Hogue, that doesn't mean that my students are going to automatically want to learn from me, trust trust me, have a relationship with me. A a title just gives you time to earn their trust to be able to learn. And so that's absolutely true, but that goes with anything. That goes with anything. I mean, you have to trust people, but then you also have to be willing to listen and not, uh, someone's not going to trust you if they feel like you're being, if if they feel like you're judging them the whole time. Mm If someone's telling you something of how they feel, those feelings are real. It doesn't matter if you agree with them or not. That's how they're feeling, right? And so you can't really judge that. You can't brush it aside. You have to acknowledge it. Ask them more questions about it. And don't ever say, if someone says, you've upset me, don't ever say, I'm sorry that that you feel like I upset you. No, then you're putting it back on them. No, you have upset them. Let's figure out how that's happened and move forward from that. Yeah. And so showing up authentically, developing that sense of trust. Mm -hmm. And then you already hit on the third thing, third thing. And that is listening. Because again, you cannot just, oh, I'm a sympathetic, empathetic Mm -hmm. person and just think that's a character. Mm -hmm. No, this is situational. Sympathy and empathy are not character traits. They are based on the situation, right? Because it's about how you listen to each individual, Mm -hmm. how you 
individually develop empathy or sympathy for that human, for that situation, for that specific experience, right? And so it's something that we practice versus a character trait that we just inherit. And that's why we say this is a discipline. It's not just something that's natural about us or not just something that, oh, this is who I am, right? Now, some people might be better at it than others. Maybe they've worked harder on it or they're a better listener than other people. But this is a discipline that we have to take on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, when people, when we talk about social emotional learning and we say it, I said it on the last podcast, it is not a lesson plan. It is not a character education lesson plan. It is not a read aloud that then we, we do some modeling and say, okay, I've, I've checked off the boxes. Social emotional learning is not a box. It is not a box that we check. It is a discipline that must be taught, right. that must be reinforced, mm-hmm. that must be committed to, that must be practiced, that must be infused into our procedures, into our policies, into our daily practices as a way of a, of, of a human being really inheriting these things and yeah. understanding them and making them a part of what they practice every single day. And that's why these things are not just going to come natural to kids. They have to be something that is practiced, right? And taught. And taught. That's what we do. We're teachers, <laughs> right? We need to get out of that mindset that we teach just standards. Yes, we teach curriculum. Yes, we teach math and science, social studies and ELA. But y'all, we're teachers for a reason. And we need to focus in on this because we're here to teach kids. We're here to teach human beings yeah. at the end of the day. And I think this is so important to teach kids too, the difference between sympathy and empathy. Hey, mm-hmm. you're not always going to understand every single person's story. You're not always going to have lived yeah. it. You're not always going to have experienced it. Great right? vocabulary because lesson. If, yeah, because <laughs> if I had been a victim of child abuse, Wade and I would be able to relate on a completely different way, right? Mm-hmm. And that takes work as well, because like Wade said, then you get into the one-upping one another, or mm-hmm. my situation was worse than yours, and you get in comparison, right? So that has its own, that right. has its own things mm-hmm. that you have to work through. But sympathy, the side of sympathy, and I think it's so important to teach students that you don't have to understand everybody's story to be sympathetic towards them. And what sympathy truly is, people aren't asking for you to feel sorry for them. They just want you to understand why they're acting certain ways and why they're reacting certain ways and how you can help just like, and how you can help them and how they can help you really function in society together. I mean, quick example of just being sympathetic as a teacher with your students. I mean, you need to know your students. You need to know their culture. You need to know what traditions they have in their home. You need to know what religions they are. You need to obviously know what what race they they are or they identify with and you you have to it takes a lot of work that's 25 average kids in your classroom that you have to learn about everything and you can only do the best that you can obviously not putting more not trying to overwhelm you but to be truly sympathetic you've really got to learn how to be intentional about seeing every single child in every single single circumstance inside of your classroom. And then you can really truly start to gain that knowledge to understand how to be sympathetic a little bit more every single year. And I think what leads to sympathy too, a lot of times when we can't be empathetic because we haven't experienced those things is just the question of why. Well, why mm-hmm. Why did they react mm-hmm. like this? Mm-hmm. And not putting my own stereotypes on it and not connecting Bias, them to another right. student or a similar mm-hmm. situation or a bi- mm-hmm. bias that I have, but a, a truly just why? Let me figure out the why behind this. And when I can seek to Mm -hmm. understand the why, then I can understand how to react and how to respond. And so I think that's a huge part of sympathy as well as we're working with our students, but also with caregivers, with parents, with other colleagues in the building, with administration, with whomever it may be. Anyways, just something for you to reflect on. And a lot of social emotional learning is a a big, is a reflection, is a huge reflective piece to number one, build awareness with where we sit and then be able to develop those mindfulness practices with how we proceed Mm -hmm. forward and how we maybe change our responses or change our actions or change our reactions. Think about 
your classroom specifically or a specific relationship you have or your home, like with your own your own kids or with your spouse or with a friend or whoever it may be. And just start really thinking about the role and, and certain scenarios in which you have been able to show empathy or show sympathy and really how understanding the difference between these two can help you navigate certain right. situations mm-hmm. and give you power and understanding that you don't always have to understand fully to be able to respond yeah. with sympathy. So again, it's all about mindfulness. It's all about committing to developing the awareness, then using the awareness to start developing practices for ourselves yep. every single day. And the more that we practice social emotional learning within ourselves, first of all, the better human we're going to become just because, but also the more that we're going to be able to model for our that's students. Right. And that's where the power yep. lies in social emotional learning. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. We hope that you have an amazing week. Again, really focus on your connections, focus on your relationships and think about how you can create more mindfulness about having more of an empathetic side or a sympathetic side in all of your situations. And we will see you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. The new EDU is hosted by me, Wade King. And me, Hope King. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfush. And edited by Andrew Weller. With production support from Sterling Coates and Chase Mayo. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. The new EDU podcast is a 3% chance production.